hello and welcome to our ongoing series of Icons of Relocation podcast. My name is Simon Johnston. I'm the CEO of Icon Relocation, a provider of world-leading home search, moving, technology and property management solutions. Now, today I'm delighted to be rejoined by Matthew Savage from Savills to continue our review on the UK housing market. Uh, for full awareness, Savills has offices of over, I think, over 150 offices across the UK and in London. It's a firm we've done a lot of business with in the past uh, and we rate them extremely highly, which is why I'm delighted, Matthew, to rejoin us to talk about the housing market. Great to see you again. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm really well. Thank you, Simon. Good to see you again. And thank you very yeah. much for having me back. Always a pleasure. I love these conversations, but you know that. Um, with that in mind, can we just drive into the, the really big one, which is what's the housing market looking like at the moment, especially compared to what 2022 looked like? Could you sort of give us a walk through how the first half of this year has played out? Yeah, of course. Well, I think very much um, like last year, unfortunately, in many ways, um, we haven't really had the the increase in available property that we were hoping for, partially because um, the sales market has continued with relative strength, um, right. certainly not as as strong as it has been over the last couple of years where it was phenomenal. However, it hasn't quietened off as many people would have expected it to, um, which has meant um, part of our expectation in the rental market was that we'd get those accidental landlords back who couldn't sell or had tried their hand in the sales market and said, okay, it's not happening, let's come back to, to letting. So a lot of that hasn't happened and therefore we're still seeing quite, a, um, a, quite an extreme shortage of available property in the rental market. Well, is that sort of across the UK or sort of could you say that is in the real hotspots in the main parts of London or would you say that's true? I know you've got a lot of activity up in Scotland, for example. Could you sort of offer any sort of a sense of, of how that is playing out across the country? Yeah, of course. Um, it is certainly in what you, you've quite rightly called the hotspot. So um, metropolitan areas have been affected uh, most. Um, certainly, we, we work quite heavily in London and that has seen across the board pretty much um, very short stock levels. There have been um, slight differences depending on the price point you're looking at. For example, right. that's what we would call the prime market in many locations, so that's slightly higher budgets um, and, and uh, higher end properties, has been a little slower. So there has been slightly more availability across that prime market. But what we would call the mainstream market, which is the, the um, smaller properties, ones and two bedroom properties at the slightly lower price points. I'm not sure there is a low price point in London, but slightly lower <laughs> price points. Um, there's continued to be a real shortage. Um, in the more uh, rural locations, shall we say, or the, or the country locations and the, the commuter locations to metropolitan right. areas, it's eased slightly, um, well, but we're coming. Yeah, we're coming from. So sorry, place like that. So, I mean, which is a really obviously a key location. I know you have a lot of activity yes, out there as well. We do. So you, you're seeing that sort of slightly increasing. Yeah, it has slightly increased, but the the emphasis okay. is on slightly, um, and it's coming from such a, an extreme position where everyone moved out during the pandemic and those right. tenancies ending and, and people moving back into metropolitan centres has, has created that slight easing. Um, but it is still, it's still a pronounced difference. We're not moving away from that. We're not getting back to a market where stock is plentiful in any of the locations that we cover. 
Okay, how about sort of things like new builds? Because um, obviously anybody going to London at the moment is a sea of cranes, uh, frankly, yes. on the skyline, <laughs> um, which is, you kind of got to see it to believe it. Uh, obviously, yeah. a lot of that is commercial, but are you seeing sort of new builds come onto the market or are they going predominantly into the sales market? Um, both, definitely. Okay. Um, th there's a lot that's going into the sales market and um, some of that is doing very well. Some of it is not doing so well. It just depends on the price point, the location and an investor appetite. Um, we still have relatively good currency play um, for investors coming into the UK. And right. the, the good thing that certainly from, well, from certain locations, it may not be seen as wealth generation and driving profit and driving growth, uh, investing in property in the UK right now. But it's wealth preservation for a lot of people. So um, it's safe and it's secure. So that's still driving investments. But we have seen some really good um, PRS, um, so private rental sector and build to rent uh, developments come to come online, um, yeah. particularly in areas like Battersea, um, you know, around the power station, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to explore There's Battersea a, in a bit, of, a bit more detail in the moment. But absolutely. But yes, lots of rental um, options and availability coming online. Actually, right now, um, as, as we speak in Battersea, certainly a big building or two that are, that are coming out of the ground and are, and are now live and, and ready to be rented that are through a build to rent operator. So purely rental buildings. So yes, that is happening. Um, the supply is not as um shall we say close to completion and the pipeline is not coming online across the uk and across um london anytime really soon um it slowed slightly and that's just a, a, a timing thing it's a coincidental thing but it's also um troubles with construction over the last couple of years with respect to materials and, and labor etc as well so there's all those factors playing in okay um, so let me just go back to, to Battersea for a second, because mm -hmm. it's it's almost a conversation you, you can't not have if that's not bad. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, um, because it's sort of almost like a city within a city now, the, the Battersea power station. Um, for those who are not familiar with it, could you sort of maybe just offer a little bit of an overview and and, and what's your views on, on what that market might look like around Battersea? Yeah, it's um. It, so the first, um, I think, new build development was Embassy Gardens that came up there good few years ago now um but there was a huge master plan around the whole area and i can't remember how many new builds have come up there but it you know it's significant including the power station itself which has been turned mm. into a shopping center offices um but also residential apartments um and there are new blocks around the power station itself and across the road there are embassy gardens there are lots of big new developments there so yes it is um it's it's a completely new area um we, we call the area nine elms um a lot of it and it's a lot of the buildings have great functionality they have swimming pools gymnasiums creches um pets parlors some of them as well um and <laughs> one of, of the new buildings that we've been talking about is completely pet friendly which is great wow. which you know in in recent times from a new build perspective i say i say recent times in the last decade or so has not been a common thing um mm. in, in the last few years they recognize that a lot of people do want to live in new builds with their pets so that's been something that's great as well um okay. yeah so it's interesting so it obviously with really the new builds we've got the build to rent which is a really interesting sector which I, yes i'd be interested to see in a few years time how dominant that becomes but yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that's going to have a sizable impact yeah uh, and we've got more puppies coming on with pet friendly which is lovely because frankly pets are still sadly a difficult issue to address in a lot of housing yes. okay I, I would like to sort of explore what you think the the rest of the market might look like for the rest of the year but before mm -hmm. we go into that 
one of the other big conversations that gets talked about a lot at the moment is the Renters Reform Act or Reform Bill that's sure. going through Parliament at the moment. And there's quite a lot of conversation on this. But hmm. could you offer us sort of a very quick overview? What is this uh, and, and why does it have an impact on landlords? But also, yeah. what's the impact on this to the market and maybe for any of our clients listening to this or relocating assignees? And lastly, when would you anticipate potentially this might come onto the and to the statute books. Yes, it's, it's something that we've been talking about a lot recently, as you can imagine, um, it's right. across the industry, but it's also been in the media, it's been in the news, it was in the um, in, in the King's speech, I believe, as well. It's been, it's been so. through Parliament, yes. So um, it's part of the UK government's plan to create a fairer um, PRS, a fairer private rented sector for tenants um, and for landlords as well. And, you know, from that perspective, we're, we're very much behind it because um, anything that can make the sector better for all parties is something we, we definitely encourage. Um, it's, it will become legislation. It's going through Parliament at the moment. In terms of timing, the expectation is that it will be uh, released and it will be there'll be more clarity around what it's going to look like uh, as it comes into legislation in spring next year. However, there's a lot going on uh, in the UK economy at the moment and, and yeah. obviously within Parliament and politics. And there could be uh, a call for a general election next year as well. So who knows whether that timing will be fixed, whether it will be pushed down the line. It, it, it's impossible to say at the moment. However, we know that they have, a, they have a strong focus. The government has a strong focus to push this through at that point. Yeah. Um, and what it is, it's a set of changes to the fundamental um, processes involved with renting a property in the UK. Um, it puts different emphases on landlords um, in terms of the tenancy length. Um, it's only going to be applicable to what are now assured, assured, assured shorthold tenancies. Right. So that is private tenancies under £100,000 a year. Um, Corporate tenancies and company names won't be affected, neither will those high rent tenancies, they will still remain the same. And some of the main changes or some of the fundamental things that are going to change in the industry as part of this are the fact that assured shorthold tenancies will no longer be, they will become uh, periodic assured tenancies. So that means they won't have a fixed length. They will just roll on essentially. So that's going to be one of the fundamental changes. And then from a landlord and tenant perspective, they're removing what are called Section 21 notices. Um, the government's calling those no-fault evictions. And effectively, what a Section 21 notice did was allow a landlord to serve notice on a tenant just to say, we need to end the tenancy now without giving a specific ground for doing so. So what the government is going to do to protect landlords within that as well is look at um, creating new grounds under what is Section 8 in the Housing Act in order to uh, allow a landlord to take possession back of their property. So that will be things like, for example, they might have family or friends who need to move into the property or they need to move back into the property themselves. They need to sell the property um, and it will also retain the fact that the landlord can create um, a Section 8 notice uh, if a landlord, if, if a tenant, sorry, has been in persistent arrears for, for two months or more. Um, and it will also create faster court proceedings for landlords to be able to um, take their property back under some of these grounds. So it's not necessarily saying landlords won't be able to take their property back. It's strengthening the grounds for them to do so. But it is kind of saying you need a, a valid reason to do so. Right. 
there's so, got to be a proper so, cause and effect for this. You can't just exactly, exactly that. Yeah, and then they're looking at you know other things with respect to the property safety. So they're looking at putting um, safe and decent homes, which is fun one of the fundamental key drivers of the government at the moment, um, and making landlords join a redress scheme, for example. Yeah. Um, they are strengthening council enforcement powers, um, and they are looking to make it a more positive renting experience for tenants as well with respect to some of the basic things. One of the things we've already mentioned about pets, um, as part of the renters reform bill, landlords won't be able to unreasonably refuse uh, a pet as part of an offer where they okay. can now, they can just say no at the moment. So they will be um, obliged to give a reason. And that reason might be, for example, that the head lease in the in the building doesn't allow pets, but they'll have to give a reason why they, they can't accept a pet as part of an offer as well. So it gives tenants a bit more freedom to bring their, their pets and they can feel a little bit safer that landlords will be um, accepting offers with pets as well. So yeah, there are, there are, there are lots of things around it. Um, there are lots and lots of points within it. Mm. And the thing about it at the moment is no one actually knows exactly what of these things are going to come as part of the bill and are going to come through and actually become legislation. So that's wow. part of the problem. So everything I'm saying at the moment is slightly hypothetical and is our understanding of the main points in the bill as they stand at the moment. So right. it will be, clearly there are going to be fundamental changes. Um, mm. it, the, the aim of it is better protection for tenants, which is understandable. Um, however, it also is taking into account um, through much consultation with agents like ourselves, the industry, et cetera, and looking at the wider point that landlords still need facilities to be able to take their property back. There still needs to be functions in place to create a positive landlord experience as well. Um, and, you know, at Savills, for example, we're quite lucky in many ways that, you know, we, we very, very rare, rarely come across, shall we say, bad landlords. Um, right. Our landlords are, are really good. They look after their properties, yep. they look after their tenants. So in terms of their experience, this is not going to have a, a material impact on their, their experience. It's just going to change the way they do things um, and the way they go about um, getting their property back, for example, during a tenancy. Fascinating. Really good insight. Thank you for that explanation. Um, could you also maybe touch on the energy certificate uh, rating uh, change as well, because um, oh, they gosh, are looking yes. to, to change that. Um, yeah. I, I, maybe if you can quickly sort of add a little comment on this. Uh, so it's, I believe it's going to uh, ban C, isn't that correct? That's that's their their drive. Yes, I believe that's, that's been delayed. I need to, I, I can get you some proper data on that. Um, but yes, they're looking to get it to ban C. I mean, if you live in the UK at the moment and you own a property in the UK and you look at your EPC, you might have, you might think, goodness, my property feels quite energy efficient, it's warm, etc. But getting it to a C from even from a D can actually create some significant cost for you. Right, um, especially with the older properties that the UK has a lot of. Especially with the older properties. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And when you consider that, I, I had a quick look at some of our new build properties and I'm, I'm talking brand new build properties and looking at their EPCs, I could not find an A. So it's very, very, very difficult to get an A. And we're only talking two bands away from that. So I think it needs, my, my personal opinion is it needs a little bit more consideration because my property, for example, where I'm sitting right now at home, I have solar panels, et cetera. Um, it's, it's part of the part of the property is newly built, um, good insulation, yet we are um, an E. 
so you know <laughs> it's how how i would get this property to a scene in order to be able to rent it if that came into into force right. i do not know but the one thing we suspect is there will be lots of caveats to this there will be lots of conditions around it and there will probably be lots of um uh, opportunities for landlords to um talk to the, the government and get exceptions for these these circumstances as well. So I don't think it's going to be as blanket as it's been suggested, and I think there will be still lots of opportunities for landlords with properties that are older to be able to to be able to rent out. Right, really interesting insight onto this because it is a little bit concerning because uh, yes. some of the older lovely British properties which people love are drawn to the older Victorian properties being modernised lovely homes but very few of those would be a band c or higher absolutely um, and that's been quite polite about it so yeah, yes. it'd be interesting to see so maybe we'll keep talking on that and see what um what we believe might be coming through well the government okay, can i go back to when, i just got sorry sorry only just to say on that the when, when reading housing law etc um right. you, you come across the word reasonable quite a lot yes <laughs> and things have to be reasonable and defining reasonable is quite difficult but the government's quite good at at you know saying actually you know we need to be reasonable with this enforcement so um it, it's th there will be an element of logic i think and an element of um of being quite uh quite honest and open with, with landlords about what they are able to do with their properties in order to to improve them but they're not going to be pushing them i i, I don't believe they're going to really push them to see if it's just impossible to achieve I'm really pleased to hear that. I'm hoping some common sense will come in. So it sounds I think like so. just possibly in mind. So, OK, well, let's yeah. let's keep an eye. Um, I'm actually going to ask you a very unfair question, but uh, if I know anybody is able to address it, it's probably yourself. Is Gosh. you've given us an insight of what's happened in the first half of this year. I now asking the impossible question. But do you have any sort of views about what the second half of this year might look like? Do you see stock levels might increase? Do you see that the same thing might carry on? Uh, any sort of views for anybody who is planning a relocation, just having a sense of what the market could look like? It's a good question. Um, the Q3 um, in our market is quite often the busiest um, as we approach September um, with school moves, etc. That That's normally our busiest time of year. And we're seeing um, pipeline of uh, applicant demand grow. Um, and we're seeing it be, you know, a strong, certainly my team in corporate relocation, we're seeing a lot of pipeline growth for the summer and, and those family house moves coming in. Um, the, I, there aren't any particular um, situations that are coming to mind that tell me that all of a sudden we're going to get lots of available property. So I do believe we're, we're not out of the woods yet in terms of supply and demand. I think we're still going to be in a case where um, property is very uh, thin on the ground and availability is low. However, um, because it's the busiest time of year for inbound activity, it's mm -hmm. also one of the busiest times of the year for turnover of tenancies, so tenants leaving, etc. So hopefully there will be an evening out from, from that perspective in terms of property coming onto the market. But I think demand is going to be high and therefore competition is going to be incredibly high. So the best advice I can give to anybody who's going to come in um, yeah. during the second half of the year is just get your ducks in a row, be in a position to move really quickly and make yeah. a decision as quickly as you possibly can. OK, Certainly. good advice. And again, let's follow up with another unfair question. Um, do you think prices are going to move quite a bit in the second half of the year? I mean, we've seen modest increases in prices, I would say, compared to last year, but that was exceptional. Do you yes. think that sort of 
I say modest, it's still quite sizable increases, but uh, nothing compared to last year. Do, do you think that yeah. sort of trend will continue in the second half of the year, or do you think there'll be some sort of plateauing of price I think, increases? I think it's it, it, modest. Modest will be the way. Um, right. I think I, I'm not I'm not envisaging um, envisaging significant increases. Um, there, there will be, I mean, properties that have been rented for a number of years and come onto the market now will jump in price because of what's happened. But I think overall, there, there's there's a cap on tenants' affordability as well. And we're starting to see, one of the things we've seen this year so far um, is tenants being more cost conscious. Um, you know, it, it's it affects all of us, that not only the, the the rental price itself, but obviously energy prices, et cetera. Um, yeah, general cost of living, yeah. Absolutely. And happily you know some some of the energy prices are, are softening slightly but they're still incredibly high so tenants need to take that into consideration and look at their overall affordability and that is impacting price growth as well so although the economics are still there from supply and demand to grow prices that affordability level i think is going to keep things um a lot lower at the moment than they have been and i don't think it will plateau as such i think there will be growth but i think the growth is going to be muted in comparison to how it has been over the last year or so Okay, well, that's excellent advice, because if anybody's trying to work out budgets for the second half of the year, I would say sort of more or less what we're seeing at the moment will continue so. for the rest of the year, as best as anybody could predict. Yes. Uh, but if I, we see anything different, perhaps we can come back and discuss that and uh, and, and you know, share that knowledge. Brilliant. As always, uh, I have to say thank you so much for your time, Matthew. Really enjoy these conversations. Uh, it'd be great to catch up with you later in the year and see what the market's doing. Thank you again for all the help you give us as well. You're a joy to work with and Savile, so thank you for your support. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks, Sammy. Take care. You too.